0: dr stew's podcast at dr podcast.com i'm brian whitman with my friend dr stewart fishbein and here we are once again for another edition of dr stew's podcast and this is a special one
1: yeah brian this is a this is an important uh, podcast for me because you know a lot of times we joke around or we talk about obamacare or we talk about you know things that that have a lighthearted side to them and you know we'll try to find a little humor today but what we're really going to talk about today is something that is more serious than, than, uh, than th- our usual subjects. Sure. I'm going to talk a little bit about, about what happens to midwives uh, who maybe have a bad outcome of no fault of their own and the persecution and even prosecution that goes on We have some special guests here. Why don't you introduce our guests? We'll get to it in a second.
0: Absolutely. We're joined by Celeste McNeil, who is a prenatal yoga instructor. She's also an advocate for childbirth education and freedom of choice. Welcome, Celeste, to Dr. Stew's podcast. It's a
2: pleasure to be here.
0: It's great to have you. Thanks for coming along. Stephanie Dawn is here. Stephanie is the founder of the Sacred Birth Mentor Program. She's a birth activist. She calls herself that. And she, I hope, is happy to be at Dr. Stew's podcast as well.
3: Very much so. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah,
1: we're thrilled to have both of you. Yeah, the, the reason I asked them to come is because uh, there's a, been a uh, sort of a cascade lately of prosecutions and persecutions of midwives. Sort of in my role as uh, you know, as a consulting physician, stuff. So I often get contacted by uh, lawyers or attorneys across the country uh, getting an opinion on something. I tend not to like being an expert witness, but I certainly like re- review things. And it seems like there's been it's happening more and more that there are midwives who who may have a bad outcome at home or a bad outcome days later, or maybe not even a bad outcome, but you get an overzealous prosecutor. For instance, we had a case locally here where a midwife student ended up delivering a baby, and there were other extenuating circumstances, but she was prosecuted for practicing medicine without a license. Was the baby okay in that case? The baby was okay, mother was okay, everybody was okay, but... She was prosecuted. Now, if she had been a truck driver or a neighbor living next door rushing in to help with the delivery, everything would have been fine. But because she was a student, she wasn't. And, and we even get more serious stuff. We even get midwives now being prosecuted for manslaughter or even uh, second-degree murder.
0: You know, and I'll tell you with the, with the uh, example Dr. Stu gave a moment ago of the truck driver. My understanding is that in some states, if you're a truck driver and you run in and you don't help, then you're in violation of what are called Good Samaritan laws, and you could be arrested and prosecuted for not helping.
1: Uh, that I don't know. I, although I did see a Seinfeld episode where that happened once. Yes, it was based. They all got thrown in jail. I don't know if anybody remembers that episode. Yes, it was
0: their final Seinfeld episode. That's right. It, that's right. It and it was. was based on on that uh, Good Samaritan law, which of course has been um, a topic uh, for law enforcement uh, going back to the to the late 90s.
1: You know, the reason I think that this is so important is because in my 27 years of working in hospitals before I started doing home birthing, I saw a lot of bad outcomes in the hospital. I saw a lot of things that were of no one's fault and there were certain things that were absolutely negligent and I never once saw a physician get prosecuted by in, in criminal court I've seen I've, they may have gotten sued in civil court but never did I see an uh, overzealous district attorney or police officer come in and arrest a doctor because a baby died or because the uh, baby had an injury or the mother suffered an injury um, but I have seen that happen to midwives
0: I'll ask uh, our guests and Celeste or Stephanie, whomever wants to jump in and answer this. uh, The scenario, the scene that Dr. Stu is describing, the situation that he's describing, which is scary certainly for people uh, in the home birthing community and certainly for uh, midwives, of course, and uh, for their families. How often is this type of thing happening? I try to uh, when we're going to have an important conversation like this, I want to put it in context and ground it in reality. How often? Are these types of arrests made? Is this something that's happened only once or twice, or is it more than that?
3: It's happening all over the world. So, yeah, it's happening exponentially every day. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a, there's a famous case of a physician in Hungary, who I think at the time was practicing as a midwife, but was an obstetrician, who uh, was put under house arrest in Hungary for assisting a woman with a home birth. No bad outcome or anything like that, but again, apparently that was against the law in Hungary and that, that was taken actually to the European Court of Human Rights where the case was won by the the woman who fought for her right to have a home birth but the uh, the of course that's not by, the decisions by the European Court of Human Rights are not binding to right, countries right. and so this woman still sits under house arrest in Hungary uh, there was a documentary made about her as well. It
0: would seem to me there would be, and uh, I'll ask Celeste McNeil about this. She is a prenatal yoga instructor and an advocate for childbirth education, also uh, freedom of choice. What uh, What is being done now in terms of, I mean, if you've got a midwife, uh, I'm hearing sitting behind bars. You know, sitting behind bars, they're arrested. In some cases, they might be held. In other cases, they might be released. Uh, what efforts are being made here Here, where we are broadcasting from Southern California Locally, but we're heard all across the world. We look at the numbers. We know that Doctor Stew's podcast is heard all across the globe. Uh, what can people do about this? What can people who are hearing Doctor Stew's podcast, who are horrified at the thought that a midwife might be arrested and prosecuted and persecuted, perhaps too? What can folks do, Doctor Stu? You want to?
1: Yeah. Before in? before we ask Celeste that question, let's get more specific because I brought Celeste and Stephanie in today to talk about a specific case. Which they know far more about than I do. Sure. Which has made a splash on Facebook. Uh, it's about a midwife named Rowan Bailey. And if people want to look into it, they can uh, go onto Facebook and put in Rowan's name. Spell Rowan. R O W A N. Okay. And Bailey is like Bailey. Yep. And uh, they can look that. They can look up to her, and they're actually looking to collect funds for her stuff like that, which I'm sure they'll talk about. But that's really secondary to what I want them to talk about: is why this is even a case and what's going on. I think Stephanie's had contact. She did an interview with a woman who actually knows much more in detail about this whole thing. And so this is why I brought them on, because I want to hear their opinion about this specific case. And then we can extrapolate it to what people can do with that sort of thing.
0: Okay, so let's go for the specifics here then on Rowan Bailey. Let's do that. Uh, Celeste, uh, let's talk about this case, Rowan Bailey. Celeste McNeil, tell us what we need to know about Rowan Bailey's situation. Where is she? Uh, When did it happen? Stephanie, you want to go for it?
3: yeah sure she's in Asheville, North Carolina, and this case uh, this actual birth in question that i can't actually talk about the specifics of the birth in question, but it occurred about a year and a half ago and um march twenty seventh of twenty of twenty thirteen this year, she was arrested for uh, a felony murder of an unborn child felony obtaining property by false pretenses felony obstruction of justice, and she was indicted on all the charges in addition to felony assault causing serious bodily injury in early September.
1: What uh, what are they... Sounds uh, sounds pretty uh, pretty, uh, serious. Yeah, sounds pretty
0: serious. Let me ask you, what are they alleging that she did wrong What is their reason for arresting her?
3: Well, the law that she's being persecuted under is known as Ethan's Law. And it was created recently, I think just a couple years ago, for uh, uh, cases in which a partner or a husband would harm and even uh, murder uh, a pregnant woman who's carrying a baby. So. Well,
0: okay, so so I'm still having trouble understanding what happened in in Rowan Bailey's case. I mean, I know that there's some things you can't say yeah. because she is uh, she, she's in the middle of this right now. Mm-hmm. But I
3: can tell you just the little that I do know sure. of the case, and that is that um, she was attending this woman her birth, and um, the uh, uh, the baby was not born in her care. The baby was actually born. In the hospital. And my understanding is that the baby was born, um, I believe that the baby was born dead. Yeah.
0: And the baby had been transported, Mom, mm-hmm. uh, and the baby had been transported from a home setting. Correct. Uh, to the hospital, which, of course, Dr. Stewart talked about is common uh, with home birthing. Yes. Sometimes you've got to uh, make a transport. And uh, it, so f- from, and she was attending it. She was attending it. She was attending it at yeah, home. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, is it safe to say that in a state like North Carolina, which is a pretty, uh, well, sometimes like Democrats, Pretty, it's a southern state, probably there's some conservative thinking going on there mm-hmm. uh, that the folks who live there might not entirely be comfortable with this new idea that you guys have of having your babies outside of the hospital in your home. And do you think some of that anti-home birthing bias, call it what it is, that is what it is, is what prompted this arrest and prosecution? Is that what you think? Is that?
3: No, I think that's part of it. I feel like the, um, I feel like the the grandparents actually were the ones that have really pressed for charges, because they lost their grandchild. I mean, who wouldn't be incredibly? Devastated. Exactly, exactly. And our prayers go out to the family who's lost their baby. Certainly. It's awful. Nobody would ever want that for anyone, but it's absolutely. Wrong and ludicrous that our colleague, Rowan Bailey, has been charged with murder. And
0: Rowan right now is where?
3: She's under house arrest in Asheville, North Carolina. Okay. She's working as a house cleaner and a pet sitter.
0: Mm. And uh, legally, where does she stand? When is her next appearance? Will
1: she be going to trial?
3: We hope not. It doesn't look like that at this point because they do not have evidence.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, see Brian. This, the thing about this whole thing is that it's tragic whenever a child dies. But certainly, the uh, the idea that there was intent on the parents' part, who made an informed decision to have a home birth, or intent on Rowan Bailey's part to have the, uh, uh, a terrible outcome occur, is obviously not true. That no one has that intent. Everyone wants a good outcome, and so sometimes, sometimes, despite what you want and despite your best skill, uh, you may you may have a bad outcome. Now. If you want to charge somebody in civil court with negligence and go after them for a malpractice suit, that's one thing. But for an overzealous prosecutor to decide to use a, a midwife, not just in this case, there's another case in Oregon and uh, cases in other parts of the world and in other other states in this country yeah. where they're where they're going after them criminally. Now, criminally i mean do you the idea that this woman would could potentially be convicted of felony murder and be in prison and be in prison for 10 or 15 years for for just trying to practice her trade and do the best that she can is utterly absa- absurd when you actually think about the fact that these sorts of things happen in hospitals all the time and why is it the natural assumption that if a stillbirth or a really bad outcome with brain damage or something or a mother bleeding to death or having a, some terrible outcome in the hospital which leads to her death why why that's not potentially criminal but it is if a midwife does it it's just it's, it's infuriating if you can hear it in my voice it's infuriating
0: so Dr. Stu um, we do hear it in your voice from the from the Rowan Bailey situation where she's in North Carolina now under house arrest Stephanie just did a great job letting us know uh, giving us the broad overview of this case and I understand there are certain things uh, that she can't say let me ask you Dr. Stu uh, not even specific to the Rowan Bailey case or specific to the Rowan Bailey case if you desire to get specific what what hypothetically might a midwife, Rowan Bailey is a midwife, what hypothetically might she have done? uh, Let's assume for a moment. Let's assume for a moment because you have to. We're adults. We have to look at this from all angles and we have to draw our own conclusions. Law enforcement, uh, they could have arrested her just because they wanted to because they don't like the idea. I mean, there's cops out there who do that kind of thing. You don't have to convince me of that. I believe that. I know that's true. Uh, not because it's happened to me personally, but I just I, I know enough oh, about what's going we, on. In the we also world.
1: just just as an example, we all know. I think it was North Carolina where they came out with a prosecutor went after the Duke uh, lacrosse team, right? And you know much about that because you're a radio talk show host, and you probably discussed that issue where they took the word of somebody and they arrested these people and they smeared them all over the place and they falsified evidence. To the DA's office, DA, actually eventually got disbarred because it was all proven to be false. Now I'm not saying that's the case here. What I'm saying is felony murder murder right what I'm asking you get Ver- a knife and stab the baby well, after this is, it came out
0: well what I'm asking you is what did she do I mean is there some sort of allegation of something above and beyond that she did something unusual something aggressive something no. uh, there's nothing
3: no and to my knowledge and dr. Stewart you know correct me if I'm wrong but this is the only charge of murder that I've ever heard associated to a midwife and this is what's so disturbing to me is that someone who has the sacred trust of bringing a baby into the world is being charged with murder that is what is so disturbing to me about this case that's why i'm here
0: yeah well we're glad you're here let's talk to celeste mcneil she is a prenatal yoga instructor she's also an advocate for choice and for childbirth education celeste we know that you have a lot of passion about the rowan bailey story as well
2: I do, I have a story about the kind of midwife Rowan is that I think would be absolutely applicable to show the state of what's going on in North Carolina. Yeah, tell us. So um, there was a woman in North Carolina, she got pregnant, she very excitedly went to her OB, she had it calculated, I'm nine weeks, all right. And she goes in, they do a vaginal wand, which I believe is an ultrasound to get their due date. And they say, oh no, you're 12 weeks. Okay, she doesn't think much about it. Flash forward, 41 weeks, she thinks, they think, she's 41 weeks. They schedule her for an induction. She goes in, they do the pit. The pit does nothing because she's not ready to have her baby.
0: Forgive me for the layperson. person. What is that? What That oh. procedure is very quick. Pitocin going. is the medicine oh. that
1: drips in okay. intravenously and causes okay. contractions. Okay. It's one way to induce a labor, but according to her date, she was probably 38 weeks but they were telling her she's 41 weeks. Right. So they're meddling in something that, of course, doesn't need to be meddling. And I I don't even know this story, but I could probably finish the because I've, I've heard it so many times. <laughs> well, Celeste well, so is telling let's, it let's, very let's, well. Yeah. Yeah. This really happened I in North Carolina. Go. I know where this is going. You
2: can. You could fill in the blank. So no change after six hours of being on a synthetic hormone of what her body normally creates, oxytocin. Um, so the doctor comes in, 4.30 says, you know, we got a C section, a cesarean, a major abdominal surgery. He didn't say that I'm saying that for our listeners, surgery scheduled at five o'clock, because we're going to get this baby out by five o'clock. And the woman, very empowered woman says, please leave the room. I'd like to talk to my husband. She proceeds to unhook herself, go to the main desk and say, I am leaving the hospital. No, you're not giving me a surgery. They are very concerned with where she's going, whose care is she going to go into? And she said, I'm going into my care. This is an empowered woman. She leaves the hospital. They actually make her schedule an induction for a week out. So if you haven't had your baby by 42 weeks, you better come back so we can, you know, make sure that we'll we're We'll do it then. Yeah, right. we'll take care of you then. So she leaves and then when she gets home, she's like, oh my God, what did I just do? She gets on a mama's internet group and she posts what happened. Mm. What do I do, basically? And so everyone in this community of internet mothers say, Rowan Bailey, Rowan Bailey. Call Rowan Bailey. If you are educated, she will take you as a client. She calls Rowan Bailey. They have a nice conversation in person. And Rowan says, let's go to the beginning. How did you get your due date? And she told her, I knew I was this date. They said I was this date. Rowan so beautifully says... I'm going to wave my magic wand just like they did and now you're 38 weeks. (sighs) This mother for the first time thought, I'm not crazy. I know what's going on here. Mm. So this about a week later, this mother has still not had her baby. Why? Because she's only 39 weeks Mm -hmm. and knock, knock, knock on the door. Guess who's at the door? Just P- take a guess. Please
0: don't tell me it's the police. It
2: is the police. You are absolutely correct. North Carolina police, because the doctor had called the police concerned that the baby might be in danger. This because is, out,
1: is that so outrageous? This
2: is absurd. This was is true. Was this
1: Child Protective Services or was no. this a, the, the police department? This was
2: literally... No- Asheville Police Department sure. saying, you have not made your, um, you've not made your induction appointment. The, the OB is very concerned.
0: Is she there alone at this point, the mom, or she's got a, a, a male partner or a female partner with her? Or? I'm
2: unsure of the partner, but what I do know is she pretty much said, um, do you have a warrant for my arrest? Because right. I have a toddler. I need to go feed. Right. And he I, said, I, no, I don't. I don't. But guess what? He leaves and he comes back in five minutes and the OB is on the phone wanting to talk
0: to her. The, uh, the cop has the OB on the phone. Correct. And, and, hands, and she takes the call from the OB?
2: I believe so. And essentially what is going on is they are wanting to micromanage whose care she is now in. Right. And the mother, again, empowered, says, I'm in my own care. Leave me alone.
0: How does... Th- take me uh, to the end of this story, because this is very compelling to listen to. Uh, the cops leave?
2: Yeah. They oh. don't have a warrant for her arrest. Right. She tells them to get the... Out.
1: And you can say that we're, we're. By the way, we're on internet radio. You Thank can say you. you want. She says,
2: "Get the hell out!" Right. Like right. you don't have a a warrant for ultimately. my arrest. Goodbye.
1: And she ultimately has her baby.
2: Yes, with Rowan Bailey, very naturally at home at probably forty or forty one weeks. I'm not positive. Baby,
1: I mean, she well, was, she wasn't forty four weeks, but she
2: was not forty four <laughs> weeks. Like right. they were trying to tell her with with, might I add, their high tech technology. Oh sure. That sure. Oh gosh! They've
1: got well, to the go 21st See, century. You know, and by the way, when the baby comes out, they can actually do uh, they do a score on the baby. I think it's if I remember correctly, it's called a Dubowitz score, mm-hmm. and they look at the baby's fingernails and peeling and and nipples, and they can kind of tell what the baby's gestational age is. If this baby was 44 weeks, it would have it would have come out with with specific findings that suggested extremely postmature. And the baby in this case, uh, Celeste, uh, is fine.
2: Absolutely, and she was just full term. She was not post date. D- using those. At um, any point did they
0: did they arrest her at any point or no? But she had to deal with almost like living in a police state where the police are going to come to your door and talk to you about what's right for your pregnancy. Yeah. that's so, so, so un-American so do me. you
1: think? I, how long ago was this, by the way, Celeste? I mean, prior I'm, to Rowan getting arrested. I mean, uh, uh,
2: three ish years. But again, I'm actually just kind of see, guessing there because
1: this is the kind of thing that. That also sets sets the stage for uh, groups of physicians who run the community medical standards stuff to be pissed off that they were shown up by this midwife. Now, I'm not saying that occurred in this case, but I know for a fact in our own community here, when a midwife does something that's outside of what the doctor recommends. The doctor, rather than saying, "You know, well, that's a reasonable option. I, it's not my choice, but it's reasonable." is going to what what they're going to do in order to protect their ego is they'll often badmouth the midwife, or they'll 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 write a letter to the medical board or the whatever nursing board controls midwives right. to file a complaint. In this particular case, they even called the police. I mean, at, at what extreme do, do do you just let the patient have autonomy to make decisions? And I don't know the, the specifics of the Rowan Bailey case either. I just know that the parents obviously chose to have a home birth, and they chose to have Rowan do the home birth. Well, it certainly seems, I mean, we talk about this
0: a lot of home birth, and we obviously Dr. Stu uh, practices in Southern California. We're in Southern California. We do the podcast from Los Angeles, so sometimes we we talk a lot about what's going on in California. We talk about local, uh, the Assembly Bill 1308, I believe it was. But uh, there are so many, there are 50 states, of course. You don't need me to tell you that. And there are some states uh, that are far more, uh, conservative on issues like this, they are far less willing to open their mind more broadly to entertain the notion of births outside the hospital. So I say to the three of you, and I'll go back to Stephanie. Uh, Stephanie, do you do you understand? And I'm sure you do. The very, very emotional, uphill, and sometimes very scary work and stuff you've got in the future as you work every day to try to make home birthing a viable option for pregnant ladies in America.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm acutely aware of it. I mean, I it this is my work. This is my life. And, you know, being here in 2013, being on the social networks, birth professionals and mothers are finding themselves all over the world and we're all coming together we're all coming into agreement. We're all seeing that we're saying the same things and that we have power here to change things by speaking up, by, by speaking our truth. By, uh, by taking our power back, essentially. Yeah, and that's interesting, because politics certainly
0: has changed in light of the 24-7 news cycle and Twitter, social networking, like you indicated to a moment ago, Facebook, you know, whatever it is. This really, you're right, I can imagine this resource of the Internet and social networking, this gives you guys on the issue of home birthing an opportunity. You don't have to stand on the corner with a megaphone. No. You, can hit, you can hit a couple of keys. Well, we and, do that
3: too. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you do.
0: You, you, but you, you press enter and fire off a tweet, and you can start to get an international dialogue going. This really is, the, oh, I, I'm looking at your laptop. Yeah. Thank you, because what, what a great resource.
3: Yeah, I'm friended every day by birth professionals. And I'm, I, I'm posting regularly about what's going on with Rowan and other midwives as well because we've got to get the word out.
0: Does Rowan have in North Carolina a support system there for her locally?
3: It's very small. It is very small. She was incredibly ostracized before the charges were actually it was almost like she could feel it building before it actually happened. Yeah.
1: Ostracized by
3: Well, ooh. it's important to note by the birth community
1: By even the other midwives in home birth community, correct. So her team, her
3: own team, she was turned on by her own uh, interns, by her own interns that she created the Asheville Holistic Birth Collective with. They are against her now, and it's important to note that uh, there is no licensing of midwives in North Carolina. You cannot be uh, a CPM. In nor- uh, a certified practitioner midwife, yeah, professional, you, you, you cannot, professional not You cannot, uh, thank you. Yeah. You cannot attend a home birth there and not have broken the law. When Rowan Martin
0: was at, okay, right. So attending Rowan Bailey, atti- uh, Rowan Bailey, Rowan Martin. <laughs> Rowan, <laughs> that's a laugh. How you date, now you're dating yourself? That's funny. <laughs> by the way, I'm way younger than uh, 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 Dick Martin. I used Martin. to watch that. Stephanie <laughs> remembers that. Celeste so probably doesn't even know yeah, what we're talking Rowan about. Rowan and Martin. Right? Rowan Bailey. Forgive me. She was arrested just for being present at the birth. Correct. Okay, let me ask this is an important question. Were there other people at the birth?
3: Uh, the partner of w- the mother.
0: Was that person arrested?
2: No. I would like to say in some states there I know I don't know if it's Nebraska, I am not a buff of this, but there is one state where if the husband catches the baby it is illegal. I don't. I think I'm not positive, but do
3: some research. I'm just putting it out there. That's what I've heard. It's all just so upside down. I mean, no matter how you slice it, there. I don't think there's any state that's ideal. If there is, I don't know about it. Right. And it it goes beyond the United States.
1: Yeah, it is ludicrous in some of these states where. Home birth is legal, but if you're qualified somebody uh, to assist somebody with a home birth, that's illegal. So in other words, you can have your baby by yourself, but if you want a qualified person at the birth, that's illegal. I think we've talked about this before on the podcast. Yeah,
3: and I just have to say, I mean, let's be real here. I mean, this this is really more about how we're treating women, period, in the world. This goes way, this is not just about birth, this is about how women treat men, how, excuse me, how, how men treat women, how women treat women, and, uh, and how we relate to each other in birth. It's, it's a big, big issue, and it's and what, what, many centuries old.
0: Stephanie, what conclusions, uh, you know, you, you threw up uh, some, some very real issues there. Have you come to any conclusions? Can you think out loud about the conclusions uh, that you might arrive at based on those issues because you're right this is really a a women's rights issue this is this is really really speaks about ultimately the ultimate umbrella here uh, hanging above all of this all of this falls under the umbrella of how women are treated in the world
3: yeah it is yeah I mean I could go really deep and seriously woo woo on you because I'm a I've just released my license but I'm a trained spiritual practitioner Mm -hmm. and and I'm deeply metaphysical and so that could be a whole other show (laughs) I mean, my my programs, my my program. Well, it is a program. It's called the Sacred Birth Mentor Program, and um, we go deep into all this, don't we, Celeste? I mean, Celeste yes, is a mentee of of mine. She's in the third level of my program, and and what I do in that program is I work with birth professionals to to really hmm, to help them to understand the sacred nature of their own lives as they support. Uh, expectant parents to create a sacred birth, whatever that means to them. And Stephanie, you have
0: two children, two boys. You had one at home and one at the hospital. I assume the first boy you had at the hospital.
3: No, you'd be incorrect.
0: Wow, usually that's how it goes, yeah, I usually it Most goes, assume right? that. Most assume You can't assume. get down on me for that assumption. I mean, that no. might, I thought I was being kind of brilliant yeah.
1: there, right? <laughs> no, well, listen, I mean, most of what we learn, Brian, we learn from experience, and yeah. our, our wisdom comes from experience, and so our experience has been that that's the case. So you're you a very wise man, you just happen to be mistaken yeah, at this okay. time. So, when, when you had okay. your, what's going on? You had your
0: first baby at the hospital?
3: No, at no, ho- At home. home. All went well? All <laughs> went beautifully well. And, you know, I get asked about this all the time. And I was already deeply into my work at that point, working with expectant parents, doing the sacred birth workshops here locally in L.A. And my interest in the second birth was... Can I create a sacred birth in a hospital experience and how will that impact my work going forward? Oh, so
0: you were almost sort of challenging your own premise to say, yeah. let me see if I can pull this off in a hospital setting.
3: Yeah. I mean, it was also financial because insurance covered the birth in the uh, in the hospital for sure. But once we'd made that decision, I was like, oh, my God, can I do this? Is my work going to transfer into the hospital setting. And I'm so happy to report that I had an ecstatic birth. Great. Yeah. Great. It was amazing. Yeah, I was skipping down the hall to the postpartum room and they were like, you just gave birth. And I was like, I sure did. And wow. it was awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah. well, see that again. I, I think I credit Stephanie with her, you know, where she, where, with her mental space where she's at with that. But I also credit the fact that second babies do come easier and second yeah. babies are an easier yeah. delivery. And I think that it's, it's, you know the, when the opposite occurs, the first baby's the hospital. A lot of times, this experience isn't good, and that's partly because of the hospital, but it's also partly because first babies' uh, labors are longer, and you're getting you know bombarded with interventions and interruptions and epidurals and, and things knew. like that. And I knew, and
3: I knew I didn't. I knew that I could say no to. Th- I knew what I could say no to. What I could say no to. You yeah, know, right? I was empowered going in. I did my work.
0: Let me ask you. We're here at uh, the thirty-minute mark. Uh, we'll spend a little more time here because we've gone thirty minutes. We have not mentioned
1: Obamacare.
0: It hasn't come up. It hasn't come up, Doctor Stu.
1: Yeah, I actually think I mentioned it at the very beginning. But oh. I, mentioned, I mentioned how we usually joke and talk about it. So, R- well, right, but yeah. uh, so, but it's so, only it's, the word's only been used twice in this podcast, so that's the record. But
0: actually. the conversation, uh, for, at least for me, begs a question, and I'll ask Stephanie: uh, Do you know with 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 all of the challenges and all of the work that lies ahead with only what one percent of babies being born out of the hospital in in the world or in America? In America. In America, right? Um, how. Is, is there anything that we know yet about that's in the new Affordable Care Act, so-called Obamacare, that deals with home birthing? Because you talked a moment ago about finances, how you had to make a financial decision. Mm-hmm. It was cheaper to use your insurance and have your second boy at the hospital rather than at home.
3: Right. Well, I was a little bit ignorant at the time, apparently, because apparently now your insurance does cover home birth. When you know when you, know when you can pursue those channels... Doctor Stu, you must know about this.
1: Well, yeah, uh, some insurance policies do. Uh, Quite frankly, I don't even want to speak to what insurance policies are going to cover and not cover because so so much is in flux right now. But I think if anybody's looking out there to see whether their insurance company that they're going to, if they're looking to find a new insurance on the exchange, or because they just got canceled, um, then I think that it might be reasonable to ask your insurance agent or your insurance company: Are you? Do you cover? Home services, not just home birthing, but how about like, you know, outside of hospital things, physical therapy, massage, uh, psychotherapy, what kind of things do they cover that aren't necessarily hospitalized cares? Because that's, that is a big issue. And, and as we move along, it's a lot cheaper to be taken care of outside of a hospital. The hospital system isn't designed to be cost effective. And, and as they get squeezed more and more, they're going to become more and more, uh, uh, the, the, it's going to become more, I don't know, what I'm going I say, less personal. Uh, you're going to get shoveled through. There's going to be long delays. This is not the way that you want to go. When you want to go toward personal care, do they cover chiropractors? Do they cover acupuncturists? Do they cover homeopathic therapists? You know, do they cover these people? These are the kind of questions you should ask. All right, before
0: we wrap up, Celeste McNeil, a prenatal yoga instructor and an advocate for choice and childbirth education, is there anything that hasn't been said here during our very Interesting conversation that, that you'd like to make sure is said. I want to give you an opportunity to to get a final word in there on this because I know how emotional it is for all of you guys.
1: And you might also want to just tell us a little bit about if people are interested in finding out more information and want to contribute. I yeah, know. We want, I
0: will, we'll want to give you an opportunity to give a website if you want to promote right. something as well. So.
2: Wow, <laughs> there's so much to be said in the last one minute. I think I just want to say. That. The story that I told about the woman who stood up and said, I'm releasing myself to my own care, that is what we want people to hear. Mm. This is not about pregnancy is happening to me. No, it is about this awesome experience and we want to empower people to stand up in their right to have that experience, own that experience, be the authority. On that experience not a doctor is gonna tell me what is happening based on some test that was just developed
1: and why is it that these people cannot have whatever practitioner whoever they want at their at their birth if if their birth is something they're designing and they want to do it their own way then then who who is the state to dictate I mean again we we are at a we're at crossroads in our country right now about people that that want the state to decide everything for their lives and those of us that want personal responsibility to lead our lives and, uh, you know, you know what side I, of the fence I'm on. Sure. And I think that if a person, a woman wants to design her own birth, wants to take, empower herself, this is how I want to do it because she believes that birth is not an illness, that birth is a normal function of her body. Why is it that she can't choose in North Carolina or any place else to have somebody there that may be qualified to help her without the suddenly breaking law and, and, and being arrested, not for a misdemeanor, for, you know, practicing medicine without a license, something, but for felony murder. Mm. When something bad happens. Yeah. And, and, you know, and if, if, if we move on with this topic in the next segment, I want to tell you about some of the things that have happened in the hospital that I've seen That never resulted in anything, and I think that it's going to blow people's minds. Yeah, because these guys are going to come back for our next podcast very quickly.
0: Celeste, any website you want to promote very quickly, or uh, okay, Sarah, uh, Stephanie's going to do that. I'm Mm -hmm. sorry, Stephanie. uh, Same goes for you. You know, take thirty seconds to wrap it up in a final thought and anything you want to promote.
3: Okay, cool. So, um, you know, Celeste really said it. I mean, this is all about women uh, really owning their power and. owning their own authority to have the birth their way uh, with whom they want attending wherever they want to have their birth. So it's, um, it's, yeah, yeah, it's a human right. And so that's, that's what it's boiled down to. The, the, we are constantly raising money for Rowan's uh, defense fees right now. And so the Indiegogo account that I want to share with you all is www.indiegogo.com forward slash projects forward slash Families dash rally dash four dash rowan dash bailey dash midwife
0: and here's the wonderful thing about a podcast you can just roll back and listen to that again it really you know we don't have to ask you to repeat it because folks would just go back and hear it again Fantastic.
1: and there'll be a link
0: to it at dr yes thank you producer randy and thank you guys for coming by thank you celeste mcneil stephanie dawn thank you we'll see you on the next podcast There's more to talk about on this very serious issue dr stew we're really taking on the big stuff here today aren't yeah, we
1: yeah brian it just really gets my blood boiling when people go over the over the top, to to make a point and, and use people as an example and destroy lives, uh, you know there, there's no reason for this. If if they wanted to do something different with Rowan Bailey, they didn't have to go to this exchange, this extreme. I want to congratulate you. This is your silver podcast, your 25th podcast. Oh, and I think appropriate, a wonderful you. show. Well, I like when, I like you know we have lots of fun on the show and sometimes we talk really serious stuff. This is a really serious issue. Yep. And I think we'll talk more about this in, this in the following podcast. Sure. Thanks for joining us. Go to iTunes. Subscribe to Dr. Stu's podcast.
0: Give him five stars. Write him a nice review. My goodness, he's a doctor. He deserves a nice review. And uh, we got got uh, podcasts coming a couple every week. So it's always right here. If you want to email the doctor, askdrstu at gmail.com. For Dr. Stuart Fishbein, I'm Brian Whitman. Thanks for joining us on Dr. Stu's podcast.